0: Vancouver. That was embarrassing. That really was. I can't believe the Vancouver Canucks in front of this whole country just did that. And I'll say this. They just did that again. That's the truth. How many bad games has this team played? That ain't right. And it ties back to this. We've been saying it all year, right? All year. This team needs vesna like goaltending. And this is not entirely a knock on Ian Clark and his boys. But I'm telling you, again, this team ain't going anywhere unless those two, Hopi and Demko, are MVP-like game in and game out. Look, not every team is Ottawa. This is bad. This is really bad. Because again, the majority of these games have been that bad. Involving this 6-6. Six six. Vancouver Canucks team. Hey, play this music. It's raining. Vancouver. Hallelujah, it's raining. Vancouver.
1: Every
0: You're going to do that In front of the nation. I had to repeat myself. I really did. Look. Y'all are playing in front of Canada. They watching you. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And again for the majority of the season. Y'all just playing bad. This is. This is not what this city deserves. On today's episode of Sippin on a 40. We'll talk about that game. With a guest, yes, I had a conversation with somebody that I wanted to have a conversation with. (laughs) That's why he was on the show. And his name is Arpan, a.k.a. Arpin Parhar. Okay? I think he said his friends call him Arpin. It might be Arpan. I'm trying to figure this thing out, okay? We only human. We learn things one day at a time. When we talked about the game. We talked about diversity. I had questions again. Not the smartest person. Kyle Bowen, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Not the smartest person, but I asked a lot of questions. And we had a conversation about a lot of things towards the end of that post-game conversation. And that's all. That's all I'm going to give you. Uh, again, I'm busy right now. We, we're trying to film this thing. Things are looking good. That being said, today, <laughs> technical difficulties. It happens. We're not having... A good time here at the Post It Up Studios. And, and I'm going to blame the Canucks for cursing the workflow today. Because that was embarrassing. It really was. Let's do this. Sipping on a 40. Man, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver. All my real fans.
1: Um, so full disclosure, I stopped watching the game like after a period and a half because I just knew where exactly where it was going, and I thought that my time was better suited on something else. But, Perfect, um, love it. Uh, with respect to the game itself, I was a little bit disappointed because honestly, I've been—I'm part of the crowd that thinks Montreal is a bit overhyped. I think that they're not as good as their record necessarily indicates. I think that they are going to tail off later on, and this idea that they're better than Toronto to me seems a little bit. I mean, like, I get where it's coming from, but I think it's a little bit reactionary. Like there's ebbs and flows to a season and I think that eventually they'll tail off a bit. Um, so for the Canucks, I was a bit disappointed in that regard. But um was I surprised? No. It's been a very Jekyll and Hyde season and I think that's what I would make of it so far is that the team really hasn't found its groove yet. And in a fifty, you know in a fifty something game season, like that's pretty important to get into that groove pretty Quickly, and the Canucks haven't so far. So I think we need a bit of a stretch. And I think that I said going into the road trip that I thought that the six games in the road trip would probably define the season. And I think I thought that they had to go three and three or better, ideally four and two. So I mean they're on pace to go to three and three, but disappointing loss tonight for sure.
0: Yeah, disappointing. It just it was one of those games where again the lack of effort was there, and I feel as if that's the case with this team. It, t- it takes a while for them to get going, if and if they don't get that save, or six of them, they're not coming back in games. And that's the recipe for success for this team. It was the case last year, too. Travis Green's teams, they, they just don't play good defense. They really don't. They, they play horrible defense. They need their goaltenders to bail them out, buy some time for their, their offense to start clicking in. And today, it's, the blame shouldn't be on Hopi, but I'm sorry. For this team to be successful, they actually need fantastic, near-perfect vesna like goaltending.
1: agree with that, and I think there's something to be said, because I've been on and off the green train, but I think there's something to be said with the fact that Barry Trotz, no matter how bad his team is, his defense is not going to look as bad as the Canucks defense look. And I know that's an unfair comparison in the sense that you're looking at like one of the legends of defensive coaching, but my point is that there's a basic level of defense that should be there Mm -hmm. that frankly isn't there, regardless of whether you have a good defense or not. If you're a good coach, you're going to have a certain level of defense that I think is there. And I think that's one of the knocks against Green is that, like, yeah, he's been put into an unfair situation. Yeah, the defense isn't very great. But at the same time, Guess. I don't care if it's a bunch of pylons, like, or they're not. But, like, you know, like, it doesn't matter the players themselves are. There has to be a basic level.
0: Yeah, the structure, it's, it just lacks. And again, it's, it's not, you know, it's not Kyle and Arpin talking shit this season. You know, it's been the case for quite some time, and at this point, it's, it should be on them uh, to some extent to, to figure this thing out, figure out a, a way to teach defense because, again, year after year, the goaltenders have had to bail them out to buy this offense time to keep themselves into games. And you're right, man. In a 56-game season, they're 6-6, six six, whatever, right? Whatever. A lot of teams are doing mediocre to start the season. That being said, I just, I just feel as if we've watched the same Canuck game I would say 10 out of these 12 games, you know, they're always turning over the puck. So many scoring chances against it's, it's bizarre. And I think the fan base is actually really, really starting to get pissed off at the way the team is playing. Uh, yeah. Again, six and six, the, not the best record, but the, the effort, the effort that there's no change. It's just horrible defense.
1: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I'm a little bit shocked because I thought that going into this season they had a much better defense than last year, but it seems like it's, Things are still going awry. And I mean, they relied on Vezna goaltending last year. And I think that it's going to be interesting because either way, whatever happens this year, like there's interesting questions down the road. If they don't make the playoffs, I think Benning Bros are not going to like me saying this, but I think it's probably 60% plus that Benning gets fired. Yeah. So I think that, you know, like there's this is a big season and they can still capture it. I mean, I still think that it's possible. It's just. You know, in a 56-game season, you're 12 down the road and you're 50-50. Well, now you got to make up eight games, probably. So it's like 44 games. You need to go, you know, plus eight. That's a difficult task.
0: No, 100%. And for me, it does, for the third time, always go back to goaltending. And we still have to talk about that decision to start Hopi today. It, it was somewhat bizarre cuz Demko who was just named the first star of the week had that day break you know we're not talking about a back to back situation we are you know when we're talking about the game tomorrow but going into this one where the team is you know even with winning four straight games we talked about this on sippin on a 40 those three games against Ottawa they were giving up a ton of chances like things weren't really fixed up for this team and i just felt as if it was kind of risky to stem away from Demko when again this team it's it's so faulty and it's just a bizarre decision, and if this team's going to go anywhere, I don't think it's... Hopi is not saving this place. It really isn't. We're not getting Vezna Hopi this season. I do think there's a chance, though, that this team could get Bubble Demko, and he is, yes, he is the most important player on this team going forward.
1: Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. I thought going into the day, it was bizarre that they played didn't play Hopi. Uh, sorry, didn't play Demko, considering the weekend he just had, I guess. I was trying to rationalize the decision, and the only logic that I could come up with is that, regardless of how Holpi's performed so far, he historically—that's one of his better teams, one of his top three, I believe it's top three teams mm-hmm. that he plays against. So he has a really good save percentage. So, in that sense, if you think that you're getting playoff go, well, maybe they're a little bit more tired tomorrow. Maybe they need that extra um, that goaltending, you know, tomorrow that extra effort. I can rationalize in that sense, but still, to me, it was bizarre. Because um, I would have thought that Demko played today.
0: Yes, but that was smart, man. See, that's all we have to talk to Arpin, okay? Because you broke it down an- another way. I never saw it like that. That was something else. Back-to-back, back, you play the better guy on the second night so they can save the sorry-ass defense. And it is a sorry-ass defense. It really is. It really is. We're talking to Arpin on sipping on a 40 cob Talking to you after every single Canucks game. And hey man, please, please, because we try to be the best team in fucking Canada, okay? We try to be the best team in Canada. I'm bragging about this team before the in front of the whole nation. And and they're 6-6 six and, six and they're playing some huh, pretty, pretty mediocre hockey. One of those mediocre players right now. You, you could argue he's been that way pretty much his whole career here in Vancouver is, is Jake for And we're hearing, you know, we're hearing these dumb rumors, right? These dumb rumors, but they're kind of interesting. I would I would love for that trade to happen, you know, Sam Bennett for Jake Furtanen, Jake and for Victor Mete. Like, I would love to see a trade like that happen. Do you think there's a possibility that a Canadian team takes a chance on Jake for
1: Um, There is, and I think the team's Calgary because he played with the hitmen, and I think that, you know, there's a level of comfortability there. I don't know if it's Montreal. I know Montreal was interested in the past, so there's logical links there, but overall, it's just very disappointing, honestly, because, like, I've been a Jake Bertanen fan since the start just because he's an Abbey guy, and I feel like, you know, gotta, there's got to be some level of fan, and as a fan, you know, like I'm going to represent the hometown guy, but it's been a very disappointing, really, career, and I think that it's pretty clear at this point that even the biggest Jake fan would tell you that it's time to move on, and I think there is probably going to be a trade soon. Um, actually, not soon, but I think there has to be at some point, but the only anchor to me and this is another problem in itself is that the contract's pretty expensive. Yeah, it's it is. two years. It's over three plus. And I don't know if there's going to be teams lining up for that. I think that really, maybe this is a fantasy world, but like to me, like a Sam Bennett, Jake Bertan and trade, add some picks or do whatever that kind of makes sense. Cause I think Bennett's, I might be wrong, but I think Bennett also is a guy with a little bit of term, but a little bit expensive. So maybe that's a deal that makes sense. But yeah, I think that the fact that he's making three plus mil is good very difficult to move, but I do think that is this point, unfortunately, it's pretty clear that that ship sailed.
0: Yeah, it just, it's just not working out, and he just... I, he he had his legs today. Ironically, we're talking about this, you know, during a 6-2 six, six defeat or whatever, and Vertana was actually one of the players that came out to, to play today after being benched for a couple games, but uh, I do think uh, that that ship has sailed. I, I really do, because he's coming off an 18-goal season, right? that 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 was his breakthrough, and he's been... Invisible, just invisible and, and seems uninterested playing for the Canucks right now. It's, 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 it's fascinating, and it, it's just not going to work here. Again, you're listening to Sippin' on a 40 on the Nux misconduct Network, Kyle Bowen with Arpin. Yeah, I was thinking about this too. You know, you, you brought up the, the, the money on Jake Fertan, and he's always brought up when we talk about losing Tyler Foley. we got to bring up goaltending again. More and more people are not talking about how maybe if they didn't get Hopi and they picked another goaltender maybe for a million dollars or something, they could have kept to Foley. <laughs> Crazy, it,
1: yeah. I the problem I find is with goalies, like they're kind of there's hockey Twitter saying kind of like that goalies are voodoo, and I mm-hmm. do tend to agree with that. I'm gonna lean towards, you know, I'm sure Ian Clark had a say on who they got and all that. Um, I'm gonna lean towards those people just because I think that goalies are a little bit different. But yes, yeah, right now, like. It wasn't like Hopi was playing well in Washington, you know. Like there were mm-hmm. two bad seasons in a row after he exactly. won the cup, so it looks very questionable.
0: And it, it looking back, it kind of, sort of had to happen because you still didn't know what you were getting in Damco. And I understand them taking the chance because again, this team does need good goaltending, and maybe they're taking a waiver on Holpi. But it just hasn't hasn't worked yeah. out so far. And again, guess, what, go ahead.
1: Sorry, what I would say is, is like the question I have to you is, is like, if you're not getting Colby, who are you getting? Exactly. I don't know if there was that many better options. Like Edmonton, they wanted Markstrom. They didn't get him. They got nobody. And they're in a pretty bad spot right now. So like, mm-hmm. I guess that was, you know, like it was a risk. It didn't, it doesn't seem like it's worked so far, but I mean, Ian Clark, goalies tend to do better after, later on into the season anyways. Like Ooh. Markstrom traditionally, his first month always been his worst. So, and, I'll give it a little bit of time, but right now, I hope he does not look good.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't look good, and it's hard playing behind that defense. It really is, and uh, the, the city's got to hope, man. If they want to be the best team in Canada, I got to play this, okay? It's raining. Vancouver. Hallelujah, it's raining. Vancouver. Every special man. If we try to rain over this damn nation, okay? If we try to rain over this damn nation, this team's got to pick it up. Real talk. Because it's been pretty fucking mediocre. And that's not fair to this fan base that has been waiting so, so fucking long. And again, I don't think the point of this season was to win the cup, but it, it shouldn't be a season where this team humiliated itself in front of Canada because that would be fucking embarrassing, okay? Could you imagine that if this team finished below the standings in this once-in-a-lifetime North Division? Canada will fucking talk about that. The first time they talk about the Canucks, they'll talk about this damn North Division. Don't embarrass my city, Okay. Don't embarrass my city, Vancouver. They got to pick it up. They got to pick it up. Do, do you think it's going to happen? Where, where's, your, where's your faith at, buddy?
1: Well, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to hate the answer, but I think it's 50-50. Like, I, uh, I'm at a point where I think that, like, we're 12 games into the season. These defensive issues are not going away. And, yeah, they played good against Winnipeg, but part of that, I think, was the fact that Winnipeg hadn't played in four or five nights. Yeah. But um, I think that the defense is an issue. They could figure it out. Um, I'd be leaning towards no, but like I don't think it's d- dust settled by any means. But I think that Ugh. this week was big, right? So like yeah. I think the next four games are going to be like let's say they lose tomorrow to Montreal and they lose three in a row to Toronto. Well, good luck trying to get out of that hole, right? <laughs> so like I think we're going to find out in the next. It's crazy. Week right? or so it's, it's
0: a roller coaster, man. Because again, there's 56 games in a season, and now there's what 44 and. Yeah, it, it's not similar to a football season, you know, where every game fucking matters. But uh, to me right now, it's it's going to get like that soon where these losses are really going to hurt. And again, it's the uh, the way they're losing sometimes. The way they're playing defense, it's just uh, embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing to this damn city once again. Don't do it. Okay, one more question. Or one more topic with Arpin. I, yeah. I think you're a smarter dude than me. I think you've uh, tweeted about diversity in the NHL a couple times. And I'm trying to understand it more and more and I understand there's a big problem but do you think there is hope because shit just keeps happening you know shit just keeps happening and as, uh, as someone who's not again overly educated on the matter it's still humiliating and it's still embarrassing to see that the league is just super slow on you know integrating any type of change and uh, we just saw another incident where you know <laughs> the whole Tony D'Angelo thing it's just it's just crazy man shit just keeps happening is, is there hope in this game um, this is going to maybe sound too
1: negative, but right now I don't think there is. I think that there are encouraging steps, but I think that one of the biggest problems that hockey deals with is that, and I've said it numerous times, it's a rich white man's game. It's very expensive at a grassroots level, um, you know, like to buy skates, to, you know, buy the entire equipment, it's thousands of dollars to then be able to go at 6am in the morning, like for hockey practice for one week on weekends or weekdays, et cetera. Immigrant families that are trying to meet paycheck to paycheck or you know trying to do it the best they can they're probably not gonna have time to take their kids to 6 a.m hockey practice and I think that you know that's the biggest problem that hockey deals with is that unfortunately it's a rich person's game and you look at where the hockey players tend to come out of they tend to be elite academies and I think that those in itself are expensive these skill now you have all these skills coaches all these different things you know that in itself problematic again with expenses and i think the other problem with hockey and it's really all sports in general is that they're very nepotistic like uh-huh. i would be very curious if you did a study on like the amount of players or executives that are related to other players or executives and i would guess that in hockey it's probably 50 plus percent really? and i like that might be a bit of an exaggeration but i don't think it's really that big of an exaggeration because you know like it's who you know <laughs> and uh-huh. also with respect to Just it being expensive, like you know, all these coaches, all these different pathways that you need, it comes down to some level to who you know, and obviously whether you're rich or
0: not. Yeah, it's the economic factor in the game of hockey, obviously, puts a roadblock on you know so many different, so many different demographics just entering the sport. And again, it's ironic, I guess to some extent. I guess I'm just being a little selfish with that statement. It's ironic to me that you know whatever happened with and I'm just reading up on the whole Tony D'Angelo thing and what he's done in the past. It's just so bizarre how these motherfuckers are just able to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Anyways, I just finished uh, One Game at a Time by Harner Ryan Singh, and it's... it Honestly, bro, it was such a humbling fucking read, and I actually gained some hope from it based on how... Again, he's he's coming from a different spot, but he, he was so high on people like Kelly Rudy and Ron McClain, and they're... I don't think it's impossible, it's not impossible and maybe the start is happening with you know, different faces coming into the league, but I would, I would just, I just want the bullshit to stop, you know? It's like every single couple months there's actually something embarrassing happening to this league. And if it, yeah. like, it's, it's getting to the point where, thank God, yes, thank God, that this league isn't one of the biggest leagues in the world because they would just be embarrassed by the whole world if more and more people were talking about the amount of bullshit happening in the NHL.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's Pretty accurate, but again, it comes down to the fact I think there's an attitude, you know, like there, you need more diverse perspectives. And I think, like, maybe my original assessment was a little bit too negative. I think there's a little bit of hope in the sense that you see, you know, Seattle that's being very progressive with their hires and other organizations that are at least trying to make a little effort, but I think it's still there's a lot of hurdles. And I think that, yeah. you know, like part of the problem to me is like, and I've tweeted this quote a couple times that to me was very jarring when. I believe it was in August, early August, um, when the issue of racial inequality in sports was, you know, coming to the forefront and NBA teams were, obviously the NBA was the first one to boycott games. um, Also, they were kneeling. And that question kind of sort of came out like, why isn't, why aren't NHL players protesting more? Because you only saw Matt Dumba, you saw a couple other players and that was it. And Morgan Riley essentially answered in the sense that we need to respect all these diverse viewpoints and we need to do everything as a team. And that to me, that attitude is the precise problem that exists in hockey because, you know, like I'm sorry, sports. Yeah. It's an escape from reality at some level, but in the end it's also tied to reality massively. And if there's all this garbage that's going on in this world, like we can't just pretend that things are okay. It's only an escape for so much. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, you know, you have to, whether it's, your own culture sorry you shouldn't be afraid to speak about inequality especially in sports because i think it can make a massive impact and that attitude of like well everyone has to agree or we're not going to do well yeah that's the problem
0: right there. yeah man no it's bro that that answer was great because yeah i'm a very optimistic person and i have hope and i love this game and i know you know sometime down the road i just don't know when that date is and i may not be alive to see that date where, you know, the, it, this, this game is super diverse and these problems aren't a thing. But I look back at what happened during the bubble and, uh, again, you know, this is one of the major sports in North America, kind of, sort of. You know, it really is. The NHL, and it's a majority white-run white league. It really is. And there, was a, there could have been a moment there, a really important moment for the world, if the NHL did more, if they wanted to do more during that time. Because, again, you have this pretty much all-white league you know, standing up for racial inequality and pr- police brutality, and they did the very minimum, and it's it's fucking disturbing because it was in front of it was gross. It was gross, man. It was gross, honestly. It just I just felt as if it could have been very important for you know the world to see that type of person, that type of human, standing up for what's right in front of millions. Crazy, crazy, man. Yeah.
1: I think you hit it on that.
0: That's gross. Um, man. I, yeah, I I'm sorry we had to end on that note, but again, you're you're a smart, man, Arpin, and I I love following you on Twitter and I, I don't know if everything you tweet out is right, but I'm always I'm always provoked. You know, you have you have me thinking, and I think that's what's really important here, and I'm I'm really really happy that we had this conversation.
1: Yeah, you too, my friend. Um oh, play the Canucks more again. What's up? Was this your first podcast
0: that you hopped on? Yeah, it was. So <laughs> 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 we gotta play this oh man dude that's crazy dude that's crazy i had no idea man okay well congratulations
1: actually sorry no i uh... our, let me go back a step that's sorry we were being okay so like in 2014 before podcasts were really massive me tan beer and i think kevin Coster, i don't know if you follow him um we did a couple episodes
0: I So, like, I technically damn. was involved in their podcast. I, I queued up this song for no reason. I thought we did it, man. Shit. Hey, man. It is what it is, man. And I hope to hear your voice more and more, you know, throughout the season. And it's going to be a really intense season, man. We need some new faces talking about this damn game in this damn city. And uh, I think you're a powerful one, man. I got to get out of here. Normally, when this team loses, I like to have fun. Give the listeners, my listeners, something, right? Give them a list. Something fun to... Fun to talk about with the friends, right? But tonight, not happening. Not happening. All right. The Canucks didn't show up, so I'm not going to show up too. It is what it is. And it also is what it isn't. I just read that in a book. Quest Love wrote what? Creative Quest? Is that what the book's called? Probably not. Anyways, Quest Love talks about that quote It is what it isn't. Makes you think, doesn't it? All <laughs> right. It is what it isn't. Where am I going off to? on this tangent. Nowhere. I got to get out of here. My name, Kyle Bowen, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Thanks again to Arpin for hopping on and having a conversation. Maybe, just maybe, he'll be on the show down the road once again. Man, I'm feeling stressed. I need to go outside and uh, (laughs) I need to go outside, okay? Go check out the Nux Misconduct Network wherever you listen to Hockey podcasts. Power of the Towel coming out tomorrow. Somebody from the large cast is hopping on with Nick Bondi. Hey, Trevor Beggs back with the quickie. I guess he does not. I guess he does not care about his daughter that much, eh? Back to podcasting six times a week, bro. Bro, chill, dog, chill. I told you to listen to that Young Thug song, okay? Chill, bro. Be a good dad. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Best dad in the world. Not named my dad. Hey, Kyle Bowen again. Hey, have a good morning. A good afternoon. A good night. We don't know when you're listening to this, but we, yes, we appreciate it. Peace.